and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMax Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. As always, we want to invite you to come join our Discord, a place where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. If you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our Venmo for one-time tip kinds of things or our Patreon. And a shout out to those at our big number level and above. Rock Jedi, Wolf, Blardamus Slump, Emily S, Thunder Mammoth, Jason K, Elisa Ellie, Doma Elaka, Frank L, Forevermore, Just Mike Works, Ross D, and Tree Hugger. And new patron this month at the big number level, Dr. Grinus. Thank you all so much. Your support is very appreciated. And we have a couple quick announcements about our Patreon. Starting May 20th, 2021, and every subsequent third Thursday, we will be live streaming a new event called Masters, monthly awesome session to eviscerate rules shit, where we'll talk about specific 2E rules topics, go over general gameplay shit, review new 2E books, and generally focus on the Pathfinder 2nd Edition system. The live stream is available to anyone, and after it's over, we will be posting it to our Patreon for anybody who subscribes to watch later. Also coming soon, if you're at the grand finale tier and up, we will be rolling out Drawn and Quartered, where we randomly draw merch every quarter to send to you, ranging from a sticker to a pillow or even a sweatshirt. And yes, that's right, we have a merch shop. We did before, but it sucked balls. Now we've got a good one. You can check it out on our website, midmaxed.com. All right, with all of that out of the way, a recap of Session 66. After taking the time and money to reincarnate an overly confident bandit, we sit down to have a chat with this newly elven Tanessa. Turns out she has a sick brother who we decide to try and help. We discuss that if he dies, we might reincarnate him too. Soro the dagger gets bored and dominates Tanessa. But later on, the wizard dispels the dominate and Peach Pie explains to her what's going on. The wizard then has an uncomfortable but informative talk with Soro. Turns out he was made for a rune lord of envy before Earthfall more than 10,000 years ago. What a little bastard. In the middle of the night, Gadarian, the bearded man, sees something very strange. A flash of light and a blue elephant's foot near Tanner, the sick brother. He dead. The wizard thinks it's a nighthag. We begin this episode with Tyler cutting away to an event that none of us actually witness. It involves little Kagroot, the rat folk of the Celestial Menagerie who gave Peach Pie a strange stuffed animal creature. What ominous portents lie within? Kagarud watched the crowd stream in front of him. It was a busy market day in Eskadar today. A few Absalom Navy ships docked today. And later tonight, when they were good and sauced up, the sailors will make for easy targets. His hackles rose at the thought, though. I was supposed to be done with this life, he thought. Pickpocketing families in the press of a crowd under the big top in the midway was the best gig he could think of. Sailors fight back if they catch you. The god's damned dwarf, Jeb and the clown, had always been trouble. But this? They rent a bloody gash into Eskadar's entertainment scene and practically danced in the wound before gallivanting off to Kortos. Kagrud's eyes glazed over, replaying the scene in his head over and over. Kalkak literally ripping Danica's heart from her chest and howling at the moon. He shuddered. As a lycanthrope himself, he had an interesting relationship to the moon. But now every time he looked up at a clear night sky, he can't hear anything. 
except that howl and Danica's screams. Snap out of it. You have to prepare for tonight. As he turned away from the crowd, walking deeper into the alley he was skulking in, a light pop caught his attention from underfoot. Gah! Grabbing his leg at the ankle, Kagru lifted his foot to see what he stepped on. Spider! Pinching it between his fingers, he peeled it off the pad of his paw. Gross. Shaking the viscera off his hands, Kagrud turned his attention back to the alleyway, only to be confronted by hundreds, no, thousands, of tiny spiders. He backed cautiously towards the street to get the hell out of there without sprinting. However, he backed into something sticky and solid. He reached back, a web. He realized in his heightening horror, how could no one see this from the streets? Help! Help! He stammered against his instincts to remain silent. The spiders began climbing atop one another, just feet in front of him. In moments, the mound of tiny undulating arachnids was six feet tall. Help! Help! Screaming with all his might now, scratching, biting, and writhing against the webbing. Help! The mound of spiders began to resolve into a shape. A human shape. Kagrid's screams died in his throat as an arm made of spiders reached towards him. He closed his eyes, shutting out the monstrosity that would surely devour him. When a hand gripped him firmly by the throat. A smooth, soft hand. Kagrid. He opened his eyes and was greeted by the sight of a beautiful woman. Light gray dress hugging her frame, wearing a mask over her eyes. Kagrud. She smiled a small knowing smile. He shivered again. Kagrud, no one can hear you scream. Save your breath. I need it for a story. Who are you? What, what are you? Stammering again. He'll never have another break. His last gig was too good. Her smile vanished, and a thin-lipped line took its place. You can pretend none of this ever happened, if you wish. As I will leave you to continue your petty theft, it matters not to me. Provided, of course, the story you tell satisfactory. S-story? What kind of story? The story of a circus, a dwarf, and a dagger. So let's say it's the morning, then. Are you saying everybody's able to get their spells back? Yeah, let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Is there coffee and bacon? There's always coffee and bacon. Thank God. I need some. It is absolutely a ritual at this point that the professor brings the party coffee every morning. Almost to Turpin Row. As he's pouring a cup for the wizard, and he looks over to Moonlight and says, uh, So there was a, an unfortunate death at the camp last night. Gadarin told me about it. Yes, we knew it was likely that he would pass, but the way he passed is somewhat unusual. Well, actually quite unusual. 
Any passing is a saddening affair. But what was unusual about it? Gidaran won't give me details. Well, apparently there was a rift and a blue elephant foot stepped through it. Wizard thinks it's a night hag or something. A night hag? That sounds positively dangerous. In our camp? Well, I don't know exactly how night hags work. If they're actually here or in some other realm or something, I don't know. Professor looks at the wizard, waiting for an explanation. I'm looking for a a wizard response. I don't know. Night hags, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, he turns away. I suppose we shall be extra vigilant. Uh, Do you think we should increase the night guard, Moonlight? Probably only if somebody falls ill. Okay, it's good to know. I'll have Ellie to keep an eye out for anybody showing any sort of odd symptoms of sickness. Sounds like a good idea. We'll be sure to make you you aware if anything like that is to happen. How much farther to Turpin Row? The last stretch to Turpin Row is, according to the map, through some really thick forest. I suspect that the wagons will have a, a difficult time crossing through. It could be four hours, eight hours. We could be there by the end of the day. I'm sure that would be preferred. Yes. Having all of these people out here in the wilderness is unnerving. True, true. Uh, assuming we don't run across any trouble on the road, as we have the last few days, it should be no problem. Although, you make a good point. I am concerned uh, about the wilderness. Would would you all be willing to scout in front of the wagons today? I am not very stealthy. We're not looking for stealth, Peach Pie. If anything, you'll scare things away. You're big and terrifying these days. Or maybe that's just me. I've seen you smash house-sized spiders with your mallet. Ah. Anyways. It is a social misconception that clowns are scary. He nods, eyes wide. Yes, of course. Except every clown we've seen in this AP has been scary. (laughs) Yeah, the whole peach by growing teeth thing. Although kind yeah, of out fun. of out of practice now at this point. Yeah, now that I realize it's completely unnecessary. But it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> the professor's right. Given the road ahead of you, it is through some pretty dense forest. There are swaths of trees that are missing in patches here and there. But they're off the road and they're not really in, uh, on any traversable land, especially for the wagons. All right. Peach Pie goes and puts on his clown tracksuit and decides to go ahead. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, one, one more time? You're what? I mean, if, if we're going to have to do a bunch <laughs> of walking, then I'm getting on my clown tracksuit. And he puts on giant clown shoes that look like Air Ones. <laughs> you got a big oversized pump on them, too? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> that squeaks unnecessarily. <laughs> A headband. I think we should leave at least one combatant back with the wagon train, though, just in case. Yeah, the clown. Well, I mean, technically, scout is just an exploration activity. Oh, I suppose. I mean, I'll gladly be the scout here. It adds a plus one bonus to initiative rolls. I guess we should check on what's her fate, uh, Tessa. Oh, Tanessa. Tanessa. No, Tanessa. we renamed her since she's different now. She's an elf now. <laughs> elf now. <laughs> 
at the risk of having to do more RP with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, come with you to protect you. While the rest of the circus is packing up camp from the night, you all go to the tent that uh, Tanessa and her now-deceased brother Tanner are in. She looks absolutely ragged. She's sitting on the ground next to the cot that Tanner's lying in, uh, his arms crossed over his chest and uh, his eyes closed. And she looks slowly toward Moonlight and Peach Pie as you walk in. And then she just turns away once more, doesn't say anything. Without some preservatives, he's going to start to smell soon. Thanks. Sorry, I'm sure that was supposed to be helpful. Yes, you're right. He needs to be buried. Fortunately, we are in possession of a shovel. I will help dig a hole. Sadly, this is not the first time we've had deaths in the circus. This doesn't count towards our turnover. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't on the books. This does not go against our rating. wasn't on the books. We still get our end of the year safety pizza party. (laughs) She looks up at Moonlight and just kind of says, so you don't just raise whoever dies in the circus for you, just random bandits on the road. Honestly, we just found out we had the capability, and I kind of wanted to try it. We also felt bad that we defended ourselves so efficiently that you died immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Was I supposed to know that the circus would have a bunch of powerful spellcasters in it? should do your research. (laughs) (laughs) You should have noticed there were, like, 30 of us at least... And she's gonna scoffs. Fine. Then let's dig this hole. Suppose you're not gonna wait all day for me to do it. So I'll take your help, Peach Pie. Okay. And I go dig a hole. Go dig a hole. I can even make a religion check once we're done to say a few words. If she believes in a specific god. I feel like a eulogy by Peach Pie would be the most depressing. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to think of it right now as we speak. Who does Peach Pie worship for Esma? Nocticula. Oh, that's right. Uh, does anything happen? Are we able to successfully dig our hole and bury our f- person? <laughs> you were about to say friend and then you stopped yourself. <laughs> yeah. our, our non-friend, non-employee person. <laughs> <laughs> Who absolutely does not count against our safety violations. <laughs> Everything goes off without a hitch. Uh, Tanessa, is there a specific deity you and Tana worship? Deity. Any of them ever helped us? Tana used to follow Aristil. Aristil. Okay. I make a religion check. And get a 31. Nice. Aristil. Old Deadeye. One of your herd has fallen. We have buried him here. He is dead, as all of us will die. His sister is alive and part of our community now. I think you'd like that. But we'll all die too. 
and everyone will forget our names, and all of them will die as well. This is the way of things. Uh, the end. Couldn't have said it better, Peach Pie. Thank you, Peach Pie. That was very moving. You're welcome. Tanessa walks over to the grave and kneels down. She whispers some words that you can't hear. And she stands up, brushes herself off. She says, well, we have a day's travel to Turpin Row, I hear. I say, uh, we get moving. I'll go find that professor character, see if he has a job for me. And she walks away. Well, not a boring day in the circus. You'll get at least two days of bereavement. <laughs> Peach Pie, we didn't discuss that. I mean, are, are we are we really letting her start with two days off? But <laughs> uh, is she an employee or what? Is she uh, two days of bereavement banked? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> She's still walking away. <laughs> For weeks, I didn't even know if I was in the circus. She's in, like... I mean, fair you were. You just... You questioned it yourself. No, you, you absolutely were. You, you just, just constantly were. forgot? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Wait, is the wizard in the in the circus? Brock, I don't know, man. I'm taking him off payroll. <laughs> don't you guys have to clear out a lot you guys somewhere? Are, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> not really. No, not really. <laughs> we pack up and head on out. It's been a weird night. All right. The, the travel through the terrain is difficult, and it's slow going, and mostly consists of Peach Pie lifting a, li- a, a wagon wheel out of, you know, muddy ruts. It's just mostly tedious, slow movement. Who is scouting again? Jeb. 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 Jeb, you're scouting ahead of the party, and uh, a curve in the trail ahead reveals a gruesome scene. The grass at the side of the trail is sodden and pooled with blood, and an emaciated figure is pinned to a nearby tree trunk with a heavy iron spike. Small goat-like horns protrude from the corpse's forehead, and its lower body is a pair of furry legs that end in cloven hooves. The blood on the figure descends both from the deadly wound in its chest and from its mouth and nose. The scene here is at least several hours old, and the air is still thick with the scent of blood. So is the guy, like, crucified up here? I wouldn't say crucified so much as it's he's just like, there's an iron spike through the center of his chest, pinning him to an oak tree. So he did. Oh, he's so dead. I loot him. Yeah, I guess I'll further investigate, like, just perception to see. You said if it's soon, am I seeing any other prints, or... This would probably be perception slash survival. I don't know what you want. The perception to start off with. A couple of things you notice right away. This is a satyr. You have a lot of experience with satyrs and you know, in your interactions with Adrivalo. You search its person. And you find one thing that's very odd is that it's not actually carrying its panpipes. 
A satyr is almost never without its panpipes. But otherwise, it's not carrying anything. If you examine the body a little bit, give me a, a perception check. 36. Did I say perception? Yep. I meant medicine. Give me uh, a medicine check. Sorry. Yes. Which is actually nature. Yeah, I was going to say, you can use nature. 29. 29. Okay. So, you are examining the body, and it's really obvious. The cause of death for the satyr was loss of blood. That's no surprise. But you also notice that his nose has some scratch marks inside of it. And when you take a closer look, you see that that nostril cavity was widened and then something was pulled through it. Upon a second look, you think that it's entirely possible that a piece of this satyr's brain was extracted through its nose. And no shit. Fuck. On on, On some additional thought, and you look at the angle the implement that pulled the brain out must have pulled out the pituitary gland. All right. So a portion of the satyr's brain was extracted through its nose, and then it was staked to a tree. Whichever one happened first, you're not entirely certain, but those two things certainly happened to this creature. Suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, search for if the person that did this is still close by, or if I can sense anything like that. With my 36... Just none of that. Yeah, and I did have a 30 foot perception. I never used it. No, that works for me. You can't find any trail of any other creature aside from the satyr in the area. I mean, in that case, I think we just I just move on. The, the time that it would take to investigate the scene and get the information that you've gotten, the circus would be starting to approach. I tell no one as to not alarm anyone. It is right on the trail. Ah, oh, gross. I clean like it up. Like, just off the trail. Like, as, as the circus <laughs> passes the, the trail, they will see this thing pinned to the oak tree. I'll definitely take the pin out and, like, lower the body. It doesn't need to be pinned up for everyone to see. All right, go ahead and give me a survival check to hide it in the brush. 30. For Moonlight, Peach Pie, and the Wizard, uh, you do see Jebediah up ahead. He's rustling around in the brush. You can't really see what he's doing, but he stands up. I'm not going to interrupt the man while he's taking a dookie. <laughs> I scouted ahead just so I could use the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect poop spot right next to the trail. Jeb, as you finish hiding the body and the circus is approaching, you all hear something strange. In the distance, this sing-songy voice. Go away! I'm coming! You shouldn't look! No peeking! I'm coming, I'm coming, don't look at me! No peeking! Which direction am I hearing this, or is it like, all over me? No, it's not coming from uh, all around you, it is coming from a specific direction. Moonlight absolutely looks. Like 100%. (laughs) Don't look, don't look at me! No peeking! I look at Turtle and make a nod to just have her rush this thing. Turtle shrugs. Turtle can hear, right? She's a fucking cat. Yeah, Turtle can hear. Jeb, give me a perception check. 24. I forgot I hate this game. Fucking dice. Nothing worse than Fantasy Grounds. You see it's like 18 and then it goes... 
Yeah, it just pops over to that <laughs> terrible, terrible two or a five. Good thing it's plus 19. Jeb, you can hear whatever this thing is coming, and it's getting closer, and it's singing this weird, nonsensical, uh, it doesn't even follow any sort of melodic pattern, but it's just saying over and over again, no peeking, go away, I'm coming, no looking. I do all of the above things. And you see this creature skipping through the underbrush and in between the trees. Oh my god, I shouldn't have looked. It was a mistake. It was right. I see why it didn't want anybody to look at it. It's actively covering its face. It looks like a tall humanoid that's wearing no skin and its ribs are serrated and sharp and pointy. Uh, Its long hair is tangled mat uh, with twigs and leaves and other forest underbrush. It is covering his face, peeking out behind two of its fingers. You see a big, bulging, disconcerting eye. And also, its its hands and feet look like like tree root stump things, but they're flesh-colored, and it's not great. It's coming right forward you, Jeb. Do you do anything? Yeah. I already said turtle fucking charges it. Turtle charges it right away. Not in like a like a kill, but more of like uh, hold back. The turtle le- leaps from the underbrush nearby, in front of this creature, blocking its path to Jebediah, and it starts skipping in place. And it goes, "Get out of my way, kitty! But don't look. Tell your master not to look." Is this like a fucked up Medusa kind of guy? No peeking. I'm coming. Why are all your evil people always so cheerful if they are evil? <laughs> Jeb, you've gotten a good enough look at it that you could give me a nature check. So uh, you're telling me I've been peeking? Uh-oh. Uh, wait, wait, have you to been? peek. Yeah, it's I, was, I did, did all I was the above. Say, yeah. I'm pretty sure you specifically said you were doing exactly the opposite of what it did. You know, I've already been told, turned to stone once. I might as well have something else <laughs> fucked up happen to me. <laughs> you are not entirely certain what this creature is, but without a doubt, it's a fae of some kind. Fae usually aren't that ugly. And it's just kind of skipping in front of turtle. But it's singing in common, though? It's singing in common, yep. And it, 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 it makes, like, skipping moves to war- like move around Turtle. But Turtle keeps coming in between it and its path. It doesn't sound exactly frustrated, but it's just kind of repeating itself. Get out of the way, kitty! No peeking, though! As the cat looks right at it. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't uh, affect felines, all right? Or maybe it does. Turtle will need to give me a will save. That is going to be... Turtle knows how to roll. 31. Turtle is frightened one, technically, but that that was on a success, so although Turtle's a little afraid right now, she stands her ground. Um, so like, how far away from am I from this creature? I would say like 60 or so feet away. It's hard to get a good clear look at it, though. Sounds like I don't want you. Yeah, like like in between the trees, it's holding its hand up between its face and you. It's almost as though it's specifically going out of its way to make sure that you don't see its face to the best of its ability. Like, it's holding its hand between your eyes and its face. I ask what it did to the satyr. It, it looks up, and it stops skipping. Did what to the what? The pinned man to the tree. 
If your kitty lets me pass, I can see what you're talking about. Just don't look at me. Alright, I'll listen to this thing. I wave Turtle aside. Do you, like, put your, uh, avert your gaze from it? Yeah, it, yeah, maybe he just, he's really ugly and he doesn't want me to see. I'll be All polite. Right. I'll be polite. Alright. So, for the rest of the party, go ahead and give me perception checks. Uh, Jeb, you feel this strange wave of terror go across you as this creature gets closer. It's just unnerving the way that it's asking you not to look at it. What is it talking about? Is it that ugly? What's going on? Give me a will save. 29. 29. A success. You're technically frightened one. You're a little unnerved by this thing. But it comes closer and it gets to you and just goes, what are you talking about dwarf? Don't look. I point to the corpse that I just pulled off the tree. Everybody else sees this thing approaching Jebediah, but it's holding its hand up, trying to obscure vision to its face. Stepping away from Jeb for a second, what does everybody else do about that? Nature check. Terrible. 24. Peach Pie is familiar with the feeling of not wanting one's face to be seen. And while this thing is very creepy and probably dangerous, I will respect its wishes and turn around. Okay. Moonlight looks closer. You mean nature check? 31 nature check. You don't know what this thing is, but it certainly seems like a fae of some kind. Odd fae, though. It looks down to where Jeb is pointing, and its hand slowly falls away from its face. Jeb, you don't look into its face, because you're very specifically not. There's this, this silence that occurs. It stretches for an uncomfortable moment. Then suddenly you hear an absolutely ear-piercing scream in registers that are way higher and more deafening than you thought were even possible. You're absolutely compelled to cover your ears as this thing is screaming. Ouch. Nothing happens to your character sheet, but it's screaming loudly. Tell it to calm down. And then I once again ask if it, well, I mean, does it stop screaming if I say something? Or can it even hear me over its own screaming? Give me a diplomacy check, actually. Animal empathy? Mm, no. Oh, I forgot my diplomacy's really good, even though I'm fucking true. Okay. It's probably not bad. So you're pretty decent at 33. Nice. It stops screaming in a, almost a completely different voice. Did you do this? No, I asked you if you did it. This has happened very recently. This creature of the forest was brutally murdered. Did you do this? I inform it that I pulled it down and that something very strange happened to it during the death. Strange? Uh, it starts breathing heavy. Like, you get this feeling that at any moment it's gonna, like, swipe at you. You're a little afraid of this thing. Give me a fortitude save. Is he really afraid? 40 with a t- natural 20? <laughs> You're not. He's not. He's not. <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> Jeb's, Jeb's fucking cold. Cold steel. He's used to seeing moonlights do this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, still without okay. looking at it, I am trying to keep this thing calm with my diplomacy still going. And then, Which, I mean, you're doing a good job with at a 33, for sure. Um, is it, like, right in front of me now? Because I pointed the body to me, right? It is absolutely right in front of you. 
Without like looking directly at his face, I like reach out and put my hand on his shoulder. It's tall. Oh. Like six feet tall. Yeah, I'm a d- dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I grab his crotch. <laughs> you pat it on the ass. I like how there's no in between there. Just yeah, we're just fucking going all in. Third base right now. It, it, its breathing is ragged and heavy and, and odd, but it begins to calm down. I ask if he's known any other fae people of the forest that have been. I kind of explain the brain thing. And you're looking at the ground in front of its feet, and. Streams of this translucent green liquid are falling to the ground. It, it's crying. N- no, I don't look. Don't look. No one looks, but the creatures of the forest. And it starts crying even harder. This time, that hair-raising keen is just a little too much. This time, everybody in the party needs to give me a fortitude save. Twenty-eight. Ooh, not great. Come on, I get a 24. Oh, wait. See, those are not good fortune saves all across They're the board. All. 25, 26, 27, 28. Not great. Everybody is going to take 4d10 points of sonic damage. I mean, how far away are we from this thing right now? Like the rest of us? Within 60 feet. Everybody takes 27 points of sonic damage oh. from that whale. And you are all now weak to Sonic 10 for the next minute. Well, we tried the nice thing. Time to kill it. When it stops its scream, it reaches down to pick up the satyr's body. Deb, do you stop it? Say anything? No, I'm like, feel bad for this thing. Like, I, if, if anything, if I notice that there's like aggression towards the other, from the other party members, I'll like put myself between the two for now. So you're saying I shouldn't shoot disintegrate at it? You could, but I'll be stabbed. You'll probably hit me. <laughs> All right. Well, it, it it grabs the satyr and it kind of cradles it in its arm, and it hides its face in the satyr's chest. It's just crying into the satyr's body. And the creature turns around and it takes a stuttering step, slowly walks away from Jebediah to the pile in the woods for the creature of the forest. The pile of the bodies that looked when they shouldn't have looked. Goodbye, dwarf. I'm really good at letting demons go. (laughs) (laughs) It's only a fae, but I'm kind of interested in this pile of bodies, though. Yeah, that looked when they shouldn't have looked? I don't know. Do you follow it? It's time to go look. Moonlight follows. Stealthily. Moonlight gets a 26 to stealth. Does anyone follow? Yeah, we'll do it up. Can I follow going backwards and not looking? I mean, one of the party kind of guides you so you don't back into any trees, I suppose, yeah. Bernard, I feel rather uncomfortable trying to look at this thing. Could you guide me as I walk backwards, please? Uh, Beach Pie, I'm not sure that suits my morals either. Oh, well, I guess we'll wait here then. If I hear shouting from my friends, I'll go help, I suppose. And I'll slowly walk backwards, hoping I don't run into things toward where they're going. (laughs) How about the wizard? What's the wizard doing? I feel like he's interested or he's intrigued by this creature. He's going to follow, too. 
So anybody who's following, go ahead and give me a stealth check aside from Moonlight, because Moonlight already gave me theirs. What'd you get, Moonlight? Uh, 26. Alright, let's see it from Jeb and the Wizard. Can I take twice as long to stealth? I don't know, actually. I mean, it works for 80%. I mean, then wouldn't you be further time. behind? Is it, yeah, because yeah. it's like, travel twice or half as slow? I guess it's slow. Twice as slow. I mean, I don't know if I'd really be stealthing. It just told me, it just said bye to me, right? It did. It didn't, didn't say, say like, don't, don't follow. Yeah, or anything like that. No, it just says it's time to take the creature of the forest to the pile in the woods. Is Turtle okay? Turtle seems a little off-put by this thing. And she gets a little closer to Jebediah than she would during normal travel. Just to, uh, like, be able to touch Jeb while she's walking along, following this thing. And, yeah, reading through Ageless Patience, said, I mean... You can voluntarily spend as much time as normal on a perception check or a skill check. It's really straightforward. I'm fine with it, but you'll be traveling at half speed. I would say there's a... No, less than half speed, because you're already traveling at half speed to south. So you'll be traveling quarter speed. Which I would imagine is probably about as fast as Peach Pie's traveling. Why is Peach Pie traveling? I'm walking backwards. Slowly. <laughs> I'll still the beach by and watch him walk backwards. <laughs> Not help him walk, but watch him. <laughs> Bumps into a tree. Oh, Peach Pie, there's a tree there. <laughs> the professor walks up to Peach Pie as he's walking backward. Uh, Peach Pie, are you all following that weird creature into the woods? I'm not exactly sure where I'm going, but I'm trying. Should we continue on without you or wait here? Considering there was a satyr brutally murdered on that tree, I think you should probably wait for us. It might be dangerous. Oh. Well, well, board up the wagons and take shelter then. Yes, it. We'll return shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> he, he stops following you. Beachfy, <laughs> you're just like looking at the professor as you're awkwardly walking away backwards. Yes. So you're all following the odd fae, cradling the dead satyr in its arms. During the entire trip, it's singing its song. Travel with this thing for about an hour, deeper into the woods. The woods are getting really dense, and it's been a long while since you've found a clearing. You think you're going pretty deep into the wood. You continue to follow. I'll just look back at Moonlight and see if we're still curious enough to keep doing this. Because <laughs> we're both at the same speed, pretty much, right? I guess I chose not to stealth, so I'm probably a little bit ahead. Yeah, Moonlight travels at 15 at half speed. Yeah, I mean, Moonlight wants to know what this pile of dead bodies is and what would be creating it. I mean, why, why are there so many dead bodies that there's a pile of them? I mean, he's kind of telling us. <laughs> they looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> but then that would mean the satyr looked at him and he killed the satyr. But the brain bits that I didn't tell you about, unless you want me to tell you about the brain bits, and then I'll tell you about the brain bits. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make me any more or less curious of what's going on, so... Yeah, I guess we continue on. Going. All right. I mean, if, I, if me and Peach Pie were going half as slow as them, after like 20 minutes, the Wiz would have gotten bored and just been like, Peach Pie, we lost them. I don't know where they go. I don't know where they are. I don't see them. We just head back to back the road. But what if all friends get in trouble? I mean, how are we even tracking them at this point? 
I honestly was just kind of hoping it'd work out. <laughs> but you can't see them, wizard. I can't see them, and I have a four for survival. I'm trained. Alright, I'll turn around. And I spin 360 degrees. Wait. No. I need to turn around a little less. And I turn around 180 degrees. And I make a survival check. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 28. So, Peach Pie, you are actually able to track Jebediah in Moonlight. Turtle's too good to be tracked. I follow towards where they went. I follow Peach Pie, because now I'm lost. <laughs> you just assume Peach Pie is bringing you back to the circus. About another hour later, and two hours of travel here, the creature in front of Jab and Moonlight stops. And it stops in front of what looks to be a small ravine of some kind, holding the satyr. And it slowly lowers it to the forest floor at the top of the ravine. Child of the forest, so sorry you didn't look, but I don't know where else to put you. And it unceremoniously rolls it into the ravine, out of sight from Jeb and Moonlight. It stands up straight. It doesn't turn back to look. You're all maybe around 100 feet away at this point, following, you know, far behind. You hear it say, Why have you come here? I told you not to follow. I need to know what killed the satyr. And the fact that you have said you have a pile of corpses intrigued me. If you want to find the results of those who lay eyes on me. If he's inviting me to his murder party, I will go forward. <laughs> I gladly accompany him. <laughs> yeah, Moonlight goes too. I keep Turtle in the back, though. She doesn't need to see this. <laughs> Turtle happily squats and plops in, like a seat right where she's at. <laughs> and you get a, a very clear, emotional reading from her. She just goes, like, it's your funeral, man. <laughs> Moonlight and Jeb approach. It's still not looking at you. It seems to be looking down into the ravine. And as you get closer, you can see in front of you what it's talking about. It's difficult to find right at first because the bottom of the ravine seems to be covered with, you know, just underbrush. But closer you look, you do see some bones sticking out. Here and there, torn up rags that could have been a shirt or trousers of a passing by farmer or merchant. They're all pretty decomposed, except for the satyr that is laying on top of them in its fresh state. This is what happens. This is what happens when you look. I warn them. I'll ask them if, if it's like a curse or if like this is like just who it is. Weird existential crisis question <laughs> to ask this particular creature. If I saw another one of you, would the same thing happen? Is there more of you? I don't know. I'm the only one I know. I'm the only one ugly enough to kill with just a look. So don't look. Have I reached there yet? You would come across this creature, Moonlight, and Jebediah standing at the edge of this small ravine in the forest. Hello, creature. I have my hand over my eyes very obviously. I heard you say that you are ugly enough to kill just by looking at... The ugliest! Don't look! I would like to say that in my past, I have been ashamed of my own face. In fact, I cover it 
all the time. And it is a little embarrassing to admit that my makeup is not actually my real face. He looks around as if this is surprising information. (laughs) (laughs) But I will tell you, it can be overcome. I would help if I could. How can you help if you can't even look? Peach Pie, are you saying you should give him some of your grease paint? Yes, I could certainly do that. I pull it out of my pocket and then awkwardly hold it out, not really in the right direction. (laughs) Okay. This bony, calloused, rough hand gently caresses your hands in both of its. This is not translating, but I'm giving a quizzical look. It takes the grease paint from you, and it says, I doubt it will help. Apply liberally. I thank you. Hey, man, do they just die from looking at you, or do you kill them for looking at you? They just die. When they look, they die. I warn them with my song. Do you know what could have Crete killed Seder? I don't. I'm still not convinced it wasn't the dwarf. I do not mention that I have seen Jeb cast a spell that shoots a giant spike at them. (laughs) I won't mention that I have a piece of brain in my bag. (laughs) Spencer and I have been doing some off-the-book sessions. I'm a murderer now. (laughs) This isn't really how this encounter was supposed to go. Imagine that an encounter with this group not going how you expected. Imagine that. Sorry, I ruined everything. I feel bad for it. Yeah, no shit. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's why this thing's fucking pathetic. (laughs) But I don't mind just killing random things because it's ugly or because of its nature. I don't think it's because it's ugly. I think it's because of whatever it is. But we don't know what it is. (laughs) Yeah, y'all failed all your knowledge checks. You hear this... uh, We got 30 ones. That's not that bad. (laughs) No, No, it's not bad, but you still failed. It tell me anymore. It seems like talkative enough. Like at this point, aside from the fact that right now you're hearing this like horrendous sounding like schlorping as it's taking handfuls of grease paint out of a jar and <laughs> slathering onto his face. Who's gonna test? Look at it. <laughs> All right, who's up? I mean, considering we looked at it and didn't die, we did look at it. Did we look directly at it? No, there was always Not something no, right. preventing you from seeing it full on. Whether it's, it's holding its hand up in front of its face, or it looking down or burying its face in the satyr's body, it's never actually exposed its face all the way to you. So, are we thinking this is going to be a will save or a fortitude save? For looking at it? Yep. For looking at the creature. Who's going to do it? Well, that's why I want to know if it's going to be will or fort. <laughs> I ain't telling you. <laughs> you tell me who looks at it first, and then I'll tell you. Fuck it. Once you have the paint on... I will look at you. Okay. Don't blame me if you die, though. I won't. We all die. And I look. This is a poor decision. <laughs> I feel like a mistake was just made. Okay, give me a fortitude save, Peach Pie. 36. You get 
That's a critical a, success, by the way. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to make it dramatic. You get a success. Wait, no. You get a critical success. Uh, Which makes it seem like it worked because nothing happens. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely nothing happens, but Peach Pie, you look up and you see the most hideous face that you have ever seen just slathered and dripping in grease paint. But I feel fine, right? You don't feel any fear or the doomed condition like if you would have failed that check. Instead, it looks at you and it smiles, you think, and it goes, how do I look? For the third time ever, you see a very slight curve of Peach Pie's lips up. You look good. (laughs) Its eyes go wide, and you think it blushes, but it's hard to tell behind all the grease paint. Thank thank you. We just killed so many things because it now thinks it's cured. (laughs) (laughs) We're such terrible people. (laughs) Worth it. (laughs) Unintentional, chaotic, evil assholes. Absolutely worth it. Our job here is done. <laughs> Toodaloo. It cocks its head to the side and goes, I'm going to go into town and say hi to everyone. Perhaps don't do that. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. What kind of song do I sing now? Probably the same one. It, It's a good song. Look at me. My face is painted. No, this is a worse song. Oh, still don't let people look? Maybe just a few people. Like you? I will look. Peach Pie reaches down and embraces you in a hug. And it's crushing. You're very strong. But I hug back. And ugly! Just like me. And then Peach Pie and the ugly fake creature cry together in their in, in an embrace in the forest. Oh yes, the uh, the rain cloud turns on. <laughs> their mascara runs <laughs> <laughs> under the rain cloud. Is this just an episode about self acceptance? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> <laughs> now it is. <laughs> Although that other thing still kills people. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that for sure. <laughs> Have a good life, I suppose. And it waves enthusiastically at you and says, You too! And it starts singing its song again, but this time with a little extra pep in it. <laughs> wait, wait, do you, do you know anything about night hags? <laughs> it just keeps <laughs> skipping away. <laughs> and in response to its question, or its statement that I should have a nice life as well, I quietly say to myself, I won't. Fantastic. That was all wonderful. You're all standing at the top of a ravine looking down into a pile of dead bodies and bones. What do you do? Leave. Search them. Cool bodies. (laughs) The wizard just shows up now. (laughs) Do you all get uh, back to the circus? It's middle of the afternoon by the time you get back to the circus. The professor approaches you as the party comes closer and goes, uh, You're back? Gosh, it took so long. Where did you go? We took a walk through the woods, came to a ravine, found the dead bodies of 
people that had died from looking at that creature. And then we saved said creature! Good heavens! What? I feel like this party comes in across us a lot, like, oh, we can't kill the Barghast, it's been mis mistreated. Yeah. <laughs> we can't kill this monster, it's just got low self-esteem. So, we're to a point right now where you won't be able to make it to Turpin Row between now and the night, or through the night. The professor is going to suggest that you just make camp here and finish the trek tomorrow. What if, and hear me out here, we ignore the old bastard and just get there? <laughs> yeah, this is our show. I, I can cast light. Shit, I can ride us through the night. Just create a fucking lightning storm. <laughs> <laughs> and the Circus of Wayward Wonders rolled into town. Thunder clouds. <laughs> storm rolling in behind us. Amid thunder and lightning. <laughs> yeah, okay, if you guys want to just go through the night, go nuts. No, Moonlight doesn't want to do that. No, we'll rest. Oh, don't actually want to do that. Okay, got it. You guys make it through the night without any interruptions. Uh, it's a relatively quiet night. And the next day's travel is uneventful. Alright, so it doesn't take as long as you might have thought it would, but you think you got lucky a couple of times uh, to find some nice pathing uh, through some of the denser part of the wood here. You come out of the section of wood that you're in, and you see this field of open grass. The forest abruptly stops where you're at, and a good mile away, you can see a town in the distance. Even from a mile away, you can hear the din of people, music playing. You see a couple of colorful balloons that randomly float into the sky over the town. Mile's not gonna take that long to cross. Turpin Road's an interesting town. It's not a small town like you might expect. The houses in Turpin Row are very fine. They're sturdy wooden houses. This is obviously a logging town. The fine craftsmanship of the uh, of the town as you approach is obvious. So as you appro approach Turpin Row, you find that there are, are banners crossing the streets. There are piles of logs that are kind of piled up in random places throughout town. But one of the things that you see that's really plain, as you enter town, a large banner that says, The Stump Festival. <laughs> I love it. Moonlight looks at the piles of wood sadly. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> the crowds are milling about. There are what seem to be like contests of skill, but all of the participants seem to be wearing red flannel, have large beards and hats. Maybe it's a requirement or maybe they just all look that like that. Uh, I don't know. You've got like logs that are stacked up on each other with a thin beam between them and there are what look to be lumberjacks playing chicken across the beams and there are people who have large wooden tankards filled with ale getting drunk on the streets and it's just after lunchtime right now anything particular that you guys are doing as you enter town uh did we have a contact here we were looking for you were told by Vandy that the contact in this area, he might be a little difficult to work with. I thought that was the last one. This one's a little bit difficult to work with, too. 
the the guy you're looking for here is a dwarf named Commissioner Eckner. Sorry, Ickner. I don't know. I guess as we approach him, I'll turn to the professor and be like, Well, looks like they're already having a good time. I, yes. Look, there's some very, very talented people here. And some very drunk ones, too. Guess Troll would have liked it here. Professor puts his head down. Yes, yes, he would have. Moment of silence. Anyways. <laughs> well, enough of that. <laughs> so you're looking for a dwarf named Commissioner Ickener. A dwarf, you say? I do. There doesn't seem to be any law enforcement presence right now. The streets are packed with reveling people. Lots of lumberjacks. Handful of drunkards. And uh, crowds that are cheering at some of the uh, displays of skill that are happening throughout town. Which one's getting the most excitement? Give me a perception check, wizard. Yeah, I'm trying to decide if we want to try to like one up these people's like displays or <laughs> their own fucking. <laughs> that would be kind of rude, since this is like their festival. Fuck them, wizard. What'd you get? Uh, I rolled a two. For uh, 21, uh, 23, I'll take twice as long. People are excited. The wizard's looking around town and, you know, just kind of taking in the sights. Uh, the professor's talking with Moonlight about where they think they might find Commissioner Ickner. Jeb, Peach Pie, anything you're doing as you're walking through town here and kind of seeing the sights? Checking out these yoked dudes. <laughs> yeah, just enjoying the sights, seeing what's around. As the circus is walking through town or kind of rolling through town here, uh, the wagons of the circus stop outside of town. The milling about on the streets would actually make it just a touch difficult to actually roll the wagons through town. Uh, So the professor directs that the wagons stay outside just for now. So a couple of the circus folk find themselves wandering into town with you. You're offered food from vendors shish kebabs on a stick. You I get a absolutely of... take some delicious food. Yes, and, Oh, yeah. Well, it's I mean, it's I all fairground it, food, too. Hell yes. And there's ale everywhere. You make it two blocks down Turpin Row, and you each drink. <laughs> have, like, tankards in your hands with really nice, well-made oak wood that the people who sell you the ale just tell you to keep the tankard. The food is damn good. And you get a couple of blocks into town toward a, the middle of town. You come across a square where there are several tree trunks that stand upright. It looks to be like a climbing competition. In the stream nearby, logs float for a competition where two loggers stand on a log and spin it and topple each other. Townspeople are gathering around the area as loggers are moving into place. At the sound of a horn, the log rolling begins, and loggers begin climbing the tree trunks using a hatchet in each hand. One particularly lean fellow with a head of shocking red hair considerably outpaces his fellows. Once at the top of the upright logs, he gives a deep bow to the cheering crowd before doing a backflip off the log. He lands on one of the logs in the stream below, spinning it with his landing and sending the two competitors that were on the log flying. Uh, The red-haired logger begins just running in place 
while spinning the log, only to be met with laughs and raucous applause from the crowd. Like this guy already? He looked like this. Is that our dwarf dude? No, it's not. It's the Dingo. He doesn't look very dwarfy. Dingo Dre. Oh, it's got his name. (laughs) It's one of the competitors, the one that was outshining everyone else. Man, so many drunken acrobatics checks. <laughs> that was that was actually really reminiscent of Kestrel's performance. Then you had to get eaten by a fucking spider. Yep. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, do we try and recruit this guy now? We gotta show him what we can do first. Or do we challenge him? A dance-off? No, you should take your axe, Jeb, and, like, challenge him to cutting down a tree. Chop his tree. Who's got the best acrobatics here? You don't really have one of those. Probably we don't have an acrobat anymore. What do you have, Moonlight? Moonlight's got a 19. Yeah, I've got a 15. Acrobat 19 ain't bad. Moonlight's actually pretty good at acrobatics. (laughs) Is it an expert or... Expert. Expert, wow. Give me some athletics. Yeah, I, I can't do athletics. I'm, not, I'm minus. I got a minus one of athletics. Let's see, I don't, I'm not doing athletics. I can perform for you. <laughs> I got 22 athletics. And I can dance all day. I think if I'm dancing, I have a 25 performance. The lumberjack rolls the log over to shore, hops off with a backflip and a flourish, puts his hand to the back of his head, and kind of rubs the back of his head and gives a charming smile grabs his suspenders and he starts walking walking away from the stream and as he's walking away from the stream he is just bombarded by eligible women with ladies he he looks very give me a sense motive for anybody who's paying attention to the scene this is perception these days right that is correct a 35 Peach Pie, the man is making that face you make when you're getting a bunch of attention that you really don't know what to do with. Uh, Now that he's not actively performing, he seems like a completely different man. He doesn't have the confidence that was just beaming from him when he was backflipping off the logs. And he looks nervous. He's just shy. Maybe he likes boys. I'll go flirt with him. (laughs) You see him try to, like, sidle out of the circle a couple of times only to be cut off. Oh, all right, I'll go. I'll go save this guy. I can tell he looks uncomfortable, and just be like, "Dingo!" <laughs> we, we don't know his name. You don't know his name. Obviously, yet. that's a man named Dingo. <laughs> oh, admittedly, he does look like a man named Dingo. I'm sure I could go to anyone in town and just quickly be like, "Who is that guy?" And they'll be like, "You don't know Dingo?" <laughs> oh, absolutely, 100. percent That is exactly. So that is exactly what I will get. do. I'll use Turtle to fucking move the crowd, and then I'll go talk to this guy. Highly effective maneuver, as all the drunkards and onlookers completely split for Jeb and Turtle. And when you get to the to the circle of women standing around the performer, they ignore Turtle. Almost like they don't even see Turtle. Alright, well she doesn't like that and roars. There's an immediate uproar. <laughs> Moonlight will be riding Turtle. And the crowd scatters. And then I look at Dingo Berry, and I'd be like, What up, dude? <laughs> Sorry about the theatrics, but... You good now? He does seem like a man that enjoys theatrics. Yeah. You're welcome for the theatrics. 
was uh, thanks, thanks, mate. I, uh, after the performance, uh, it's hard to get away. So I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, can I follow you to the the, the drink stand? Get us get a get a beer. Yeah. He gets really close to Turtle, and kind of goes, "See, yeah, if I sit, if I stand next to the big kitty, maybe they won't, maybe they won't come to me." It's a smart choice. What's the name? Turtle. He starts petting to a turtle. Uh, pretty name. I know it's a cab. She's a turtle. Like, like I, 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 I understand that, but... Oh. Well, at least you're aware of it. Kind of start walking toward a, a nearby cart where they're giving beer out. And one of the hawkers comes up and, and says, Dingo! Awesome performance! Take a tankard on me! And Dingo just kind of awkwardly holds it up. Thanks, mate. Hey, I've never seen you lot around here before. Who are you? Who are you? Everybody at once. No. <laughs> We're the Circus of Wayward Wonders. Ah, <laughs> oh, circus, eh? Well, you picked a fine time to come into town. The Stump Festival. In case you couldn't tell. Did you see Quite the banner the name. outside? Yeah. Yeah, they count all the stumps. Because we cut all the trees down. You get it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny, too. Takes a drink. I guess, uh... I'll be, I'll be going now. Could you point me in the direction to the... It was the commissioner, right? Yeah. Is that what we called him? Yeah, the dwarfed commissioner. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, commissioner Ekina. Uh, yeah. I suspect he's at his office right now. It's right over there. And he points it out. Just the block down the way. He doesn't come out to watch the festival. Oh, uh, uh Commissioner Ekina is kind of a, a, a cranky old dwarf. Uh, stick up his bum? Yeah, yeah, stick up his bum, for sure. Oh, I'm Moonlight. Hi, hi, Dango, Dango Dry. Nice to meet you. And he holds his hand out. I reach up and shake it. Oh, that's odd. Shaking wood with my hand. Yes, you're probably not used to the trees talking back. No, no, usually I just chop them down. Shaking wood with my hand. <laughs> my God. Yeah, so, uh... Yeah, commissioner's office that way. Um, thanks for saving me from the the ruckus. So, I think I'm going to go. Well, as one performer to another, you certainly seem to enjoy yourself out there. Oh, yeah, I like it. It's uh, it's fun doing the flips and climbing the trees. It's a nice change of pace from just you know cutting them down all the time, you're climbing them when you're done, and you know spinning them. Picture if you could do that all the time. What? That sounds. That sounds Perform- odd. Performing. Not oh, performing. Cut, oh. Not cutting down. You already do that all the time. Oh, oh, um, like in the circus? Well, yeah, that's what we do. I never thought of that before. I mean, I heard y'all were in town, but I didn't really, uh, you know, think it was something that I just never considered it. And you don't need to make the decision right now. We have, we're going to be here for at least a week. We're going to be here for some time. You'll get to see our show. Contract, you uh, say. Un- un- unless your constable kicks us out. Oh, uh, Commissioner Ekiner, uh Oh yes, Commissioner. You might fight with him. Well, here, let me take you to Commissioner Ekiner myself. You follow me. That would be swell. Dingo takes you to the Commissioner's office. It's bustling. There are people running in and out. It looks like they're running errands, holding clipboards, and making notes. A lot of the traffic is going in and out of an out of an office, and Dingo kind of points you in the direction. He just goes, "Yeah, hey, Commissioner Aiken's office right there. Uh, it might be hard to see him right now. Hold on, one tick." And he turns to the desk next to the entry of the commissioner's office, 
and he kind of like puts an elbow on the table and the secretary on the other side hey Martha uh, could uh, my friends get to see Commissioner Ekina? Uh they wanted to talk to him about uh, I'm not really sure exactly what but they, they, they seem like important people and they really probably should go see the commissioner we could talk while they're talking to the commissioner Martha, almost entirely ignoring the circus, just kind of, like, waves you along to the commissioner's office, and then immediately, like, eye contact on Dingo just, like, starts talking to him. And he he awkwardly looks over at you, gives you a smile, like a half-smile, thumbs up. This guy knows what he's doing a lot more than he's letting out. (laughs) (laughs) The path to the commissioner's office. Fucking Dingo. Moonlight strides in. When you come in... And he goes, who let you in? Ourselves. I believe her name was Martha. Ah, oh, Martha just letting people into my office right in the middle of the stump festival? You think I'm not busy? I got things I'm doing. What do you need? Well, we're here to talk about a place to put a circus. You know, scraping of a wooden chair on a wooden floor. You know, that terrible squeaking, scraping sound. He immediately pushes off from his desk and he hops down with a thud. He waddles over to you. A circus? You think you're taking business away from the stump festival? I got people paying me good money for the confections in around here. Well, how long does the festival last? Two weeks. How long has it been going on? Two days. You showed up at a terrible time. Opera sent me a missive that you'd be coming. But I didn't tell him that I'd turn you away. Well, that's kind of rude. I mean, we don't need to compete. I, we don't. You can leave. Or you could stay and give me money. I think these people would like to see a circus. Ah, uh, the people right now are watching their town heroes perform. No, the, the town heroes speaking to Martha. His eyes narrow. Dingo. Dingo. <laughs> that fucking name. Why, he thinks he can just come in here and bat his eyes and think he gets whatever he wants? Usually works. From the ladies, apparently, yes. Yeah. I'm not letting you put up camp, though, just because he can see me. I want to kick you out of my office. I mean, Opera Vandy said that we would be welcome in the burrows. Yeah, well, Turpin Row doesn't fall under Carrot Grange. Turpin Row is under jurisdiction of the Arboro Consortium. So if you want to set up shop, you're going to have to make up from a difference in losses. We don't need to put our show on until you're done with yours. Well, then wait the two weeks or give me a hundred gold to set up shop. 100 gold, that's like a fucking mansion. That's high off his mind. He's gonna eat the gold, isn't he? How much are we gonna make off one performance? Not 100 gold. <laughs> yeah, I'd say just wait the two weeks. You see, we have some other work to do around here anyways. Oh, so you're just gonna wait until after the festival? I mean, isn't that what you want? All malakers are supposed to go back to work afterwards. Well, I mean, a show is not all day long. It is an evening activity. Well, that doesn't mean they're going to be productive the next day if they're getting drunk the night before now, does it? Then we won't sell alcohol. I don't want you here. If you want to perform after the show, you got to pay 50 gold to offset the productivity losses. No. All right, then you can fuck off. I mean, we don't have any reason to need... We don't need to do a show here. Okay. Well, see you later then. Okay. Goodbye. You need to get the fuck out of my office. Why is this guy so fucking rude? He starts pushing you out, like, with his hands to the office. Out, 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 I'm, out. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna, like, fuck, put my foot down in front of this guy. I'll say, I, I glare at him and say, Don't touch me. 
Ooh, intimidate. Yes. I'm using a hero point. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I guess we'll take a 730. Uh, right? Story? Well, uh, if you could kindly fuck out of my office then, so I can get back to work, that'd be great. Goodbye. Slams the door and you leave, as you leave the office. Now I feel like we need to take over his little party. <laughs> now, oh yeah, now we'll go in and start showing yep. off. <laughs> now we're gonna go take over his party <laughs> until the people are asking for a circus. You pissed off the wrong circus. <laughs> Town, you're getting a circus whether you like it or not. Or will we get bored and forget about it and just go find some combat somewhere? Forcing a town to watch a circus? Go kill things. I think both are equally likely. Find out which way we go next time as we continue the Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.